Andrew F. Carter, not Andrew Carter, but Andrew F. Carter. How are I'm you today, great, bro? my friend. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's 5 o'clock. My day is almost over. Just could have a lovely conversation, as we would like to call it. And man, end of my day. How was your day? What did you do today? Uh, I did coffee and prayer this morning. Um, we started on YouTube. We had some technical difficulties. That was rough. Bible study. Uh, you know, I went to the gym, I trained and, uh, yeah, I've gone to the store, run a bunch of errands, but I'm here. I'm here with you ready to rock. You're here, bro. I, I, I have to tell you that you might've influenced me. So I've been working, I've been waking up at 420 every morning, Okay. working out, reading my Bible, praying everything done before 7am. Let's 7 go. Let's go. Are you pulling my chain or are you serious? No, I don't. No, I'm dead serious. You can ask my wife. She's the she's the most honest person you'll ever talk to. <laughs> well, my wife's the most humblest, just, <laughs> if you remember. <laughs> yeah, amen. Love that. Uh, well, Andrew, I this is this is his conversations, and for anyone mm -hmm. listening, uh, Andrew and I uh, are about to have a conversation, as if we already have been, uh, and it's literally simply that. I think right now, not a lot of people are having conversations. I don't think there's enough conversations happening, uh, and including even this one. I think this will be a great dialogue. Um, my goal in this conversation is to pull apart um, a little bit about your story, even some of your daily habits, uh, and really, we'll just go from there. So, Andrew, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, most definitely. So, I am the lead pastor of a church here in Inglewood, California called Royal City Church. We planted it about 10 months ago. Uh, I'm also an author. Uh, I've done a couple self-published devotionals and am currently working on a book about prayer. Uh, I'm the husband to mm. my beautiful wife, Kyra Lynn Carter. Uh, I also do social media content on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Basically, you know, in, in a word, we you can call it a, a digital missionary. So I spend my day and my time preaching the gospel mm -hmm. and uh, really just spreading the love and light of Jesus. That's my life. Yeah, that's incredible. And I, I always loved that our first encounter was outside of a hotel. And I don't think we knew much of each other besides the fact that we were at the same event. And I was like, this guy's a Christian. Because we all kind of have that, not the same look, but the same kind of, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Like... Navy SEALs could point out other Navy SEALs in the mall. We can kind yes. of do the same thing. But, uh, well, I love that you're a church planner, you're an author, all the things. And I think that, to be honest, a lot of my viewers are people who want to get to that okay. someday. Uh, so just kind of jumping right in, what, what advice would you give to somebody who says, hey, I want to be an author someday. I want to play mm -hmm. in a church. I see your platform. I want that. And it's a humble great pure intent but there's somebody who wants that what would you say and to them? really pray about it uh pray about it count the cost make sure that that is god's calling for your life um, there's nothing like trying to mm -hmm. walk through doors that god never opened uh or, or trying to do something really based on merit or the the, the promise or what it looks like um, if it's not from god you don't want it so definitely mm -hmm. pray Use discernment, um, have some oversight, seek counseling, and make sure that the steps that you're taking are really and truly directed by God. Yeah. I mean, I, I would 100% concur. I think uh, even we talked about it, like, um, at breakfast last month, like, I think 
there's a lot of times where right now the only thing is glorified in Christianity is being the pastor. Um, but I think it's just as great to being a nurse who loves Jesus or a yeah. lawyer or whatever it is. So uh, speak to the 16-year-old who loves social media but doesn't want to go to church. What would you say oh, to that man. person? A 16-year-old who doesn't want to go to church, you were made and created to be a part of something greater than yourself, and that is the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, not going to church and being a part of a local community, you're missing uh, a part of your salvation, like the fullness of it. There's power, there's authority, there's purpose, there's uh, fellowship, there's connection, right? It's like you aren't there for the church to serve you, right? You're there to serve the church and the Mm. body is missing you because you bring valuable things to the body, Uh, your perspective, your experience, um, your service, really your outlook on life. You were created and made to be a part of it. So uh, find yourself a local body, get plugged in and, uh, you know, join, join the movement of what they're doing in your community. Yeah. I always love having conversations with people who uh, are a little bit of timid or maybe they got church hurt or whatever it is. But uh, I always like to say, like, you might be surprised. You might yeah. just like it. Like, you might go, and, and especially if you're a believer, like you have the Holy Spirit inside of you that kind of gets fired up in the middle of worship together. And uh, So talk to me a little bit about mm. church planning. So that's like the hardest mm. thing on the planet. And not a lot of people want to do it, but we definitely need more churches. So talk to me about that yeah. journey. With you, you know, it, it was it wasn't something that I had set out to do, but it was through prayer and reflection, mm-hmm. wondering why we had a home that was purchased in Inglewood, California. And, you know, we don't have family in this area. I moved from Oregon. And as we're praying and trying to work through things, my wife and I were trying to wrap our mind around it. And it was clear as day is is. There's not uh, there, there's a lot of churches here, but there's nothing from mm-hmm. from my perspective. Again, I don't want to uh, come against any churches in the local area, but I just felt like it was lacking something. Um, you can have a church building, but is the spirit mm-hmm. of God there? Are they uh, serving the community? Are they are they are they there to fill seats? Are they there to save souls? And so we felt called and drawn to plant here in this city and. Um, there's been obstacles, there's been challenges, but, uh, you know, it's been encouraging, it's been positive and it's been uh, really cool just to see the community gather around as we're doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, my wife and I have helped Mm -hmm. plant two churches and just going on the journey. It is the most hard, rewarding, beautiful uh, angry at times. I could think I could probably list like 200 emotions that you feel in that first, like bro. And, and, and I love that. Uh, I just love the entrepreneurial spirit of a, a church plant. Like it just takes whatever, whatever you got, yeah. we'll take it, you know, like, uh, and dude, there's just so many stories about church planning. And what I love is that, uh, God's building this church. We're just partnering with them. We're being faithful, whether that's two people or two million. And, uh, dude, talk to me a little bit about you and your wife. So we got we got breakfast with you guys. We hung out in Kansas City. Um, we've stayed connected. You guys are absolutely fantastic. She's a powerhouse. Obviously, you're incredible. 
Um, we'll, at the end, we'll talk about your basketball game. I haven't seen that yet, but we'll get into that later, the yeah. more important stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about you, like how you guys met, your journey of dating, uh, and really what you guys um, feel called yeah. to do as a married well, couple. Josh has been a whirlwind. Uh, <laughs> I met her in 2020 and met her online through social media and um you know but, but anybody mm-hmm. listening i don't advise that 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 be the only way but that's and, and you can you know there's a lot of people who can relate to the story but um god's got plugging people in on social media that's where my wife popped up yeah at. um right i know Same, i know so Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. That, that's a whole other conversation. I was going to say maybe we should start some kind of if, a, you know app or something. If you got game, though, I'm just saying. Is that if what you it got takes? game, you could do it. No, <laughs> I don't me know, either. I don't she slid game, so. right into my DMs, head first. Right, <laughs> boom, slid right in. Uh, she was absolutely go. gorgeous in kids ministry, missionary trips. You know, and was, was exactly who she said that she was. So I flew down. I lived in Oregon at the time. She lived in California. I flew down here to get to know her better. Um, it was love at first sight. I went back and started immediately trying to figure my life out so I could be the man that she deserved, you know? Uh, and so a couple of months later, I ended up packing everything that I owned uh, and driving to California. I relocated just so I could be in closer proximity to better court her. And after you know, eight months or so of courting, I asked for her to be my wife. And then 30 days later, right, the speed of Christianity, we were married. 30 days later, uh, married, signed, sealed, and delivered. And so the vision, I guess, in the same (laughs) year, um, eight months later, we planted a church. So in less than a year, we were married, had a church plant, had been traveling around the nation, preaching the gospel. But um, it was just a match made in heaven. God knew what he was doing. He knew what I needed. And he gave me the person who was exactly the opposite mm-hmm. of myself to be my partner in crime. So, yeah. Well, give me give me a couple of marriage tips. We you you've recently married. Yeah. I'm recently married. Um, I'm always down for more tips. And any viewers, I'm definitely sure yeah. they'd love to hear uh, from. I you. am in no way, shape, or form an expert, but uh, you know what I would say <laughs> is is continue to date continue to date, make it a priority. Mm-hmm. What we found and have been counseled in is that, especially with a church plant, a church is like a child um, and it can very much mm-hmm. become the sole focus of your relationship. And you can plug that in, whatever that looks like in your relationship. But we've had to set boundaries and guardrails in our marriage of like, okay, this is a date night. We're going to set this time aside and we're not bringing the church with it. So church, we're not going to talk about parking. Mm -hmm. We're not going to talk about volunteers. We're not going to talk about next service. We need to just date and remind ourselves that um, after the church is gone, because there might be a day that, you know, we are no longer in leadership and we move on or God has a different calling. uh, We have to still make sure that we love Mm -hmm. one another and are married and, and are still best friends. So my one tip would just be, hey, continue to date. Make sure that you're investing the same kind of time, energy, and effort to being best friends. And uh, make sure that you guys have you know, common ground outside of what you do. Like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I think my wife and I just kind of about a couple months ago got hit right in mm-hmm. the face with that. Like, we were so busy building God's church. Uh, that we uh, we did date nights every week 
But at the end of the day, what we had common ground in was everything we did together. And it's not a bad thing, but at the end of the day, now we're like, yeah. what do we do? Like, and it's just, what's great about that though, is now we have more time to have conversations about like, hey, what do we want to value as a married couple? What do we want to do with our life? Like, where do we want to live? Like asking these massive questions that we never had to even think about because we were just so busy doing things, which usually isn't good, obviously. But um, what I love about you, and we talked about it in the first car ride ever, is your early mornings. And I hinted at like I'm day four, so I have zero discipline, still working on it. Um, <laughs> we're waking up 420 every day, guys. I'm just yeah. saying, pray for me. Andrew's been doing that for a long time. So talk to me a little bit about discipline and why it matters. Maybe even some of your disciplines that are non-negotiables, like the coffee and prayer thing. I think it's fantastic. So yeah, just Man, tell us a little I, I bit about that. I believe that discipline and consistency is the bridge that takes you from where you are to where you want to be. So if you have anything in mind, if it's financially, mm -hmm. and, and let's we'll, we'll take a step away from just like your spiritual walk, financially, if you're disciplined and consistent, and you, you're watching what you spend, and you're doing so consistently, and you're uh, budgeting your money, you're going to see results. And it's the same thing in your fitness. If I show up consistently and I discipline myself with going to the gym and how I eat, I'm bound to see results. Uh, the same spiritually, if I'm disciplined and consistent and reading my Bible and getting into prayer and monitoring the things that I consume, I'm going to see results. And so um, it's really two simple principles that mean, hey, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do what I've set my mind to regardless of my feelings, regardless of my emotions, regardless of my circumstances, and regardless of my excuses. So I don't feel like getting up every day and doing those things, but I know that where I want to go, and so I do so regardless of how mm -hmm. I feel. And uh, some of my disciplines that I do is I get up at 4.30. Um, seven days a week. There's there's no day that I, I really sleep in. Um, I get up, I read my Bible, I pray. Uh, then I do an hour-long Bible study live on YouTube or Instagram. Um, and then I head to the gym. I do my physical training. And then, you know, I do podcast interviews, write in my book. Like, I do a bunch of stuff after that. But, you know, most of the time, I've mm -hmm. accomplished more by 9 or 10 o'clock a.m. than a lot of people have in their entire day because I've been up at that point for almost five hours. So, yeah. 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 I mean, dude, I'm, like I said, I'm only like day four or five, but I, I get hits like 7 a.m. and I've already been up for two and a half hours. I've already crushed through a lot of the things that I needed to get done the day. I'm like, I'm kind of bored. I got to figure out more to do. And obviously there's always things to do, always content to create or meetings to be had or whatever, but it's just so true. Like you got to win your mornings. And for me, uh, the motivation, like I've never been like a, like I got to like type in the motivation YouTube videos to get me hyped up. I'm like, no, that doesn't work for me. Like I, I just have to find a personal, um, a reason, like actually why I want to do this. And it's, um, it's people like you that go, Hey, I've done this. And this is the, the measurement of success is you got to win your mornings. And I've never met somebody of success that does not win right. the mornings. So, um, I love that. Uh, so we you're on all the platforms you're on youtube facebook instagram twitter yep. you name them all um they MySpace. don't have that but i'm on pinterest oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. all right I don't they don't have so. myspace if they anymore? Did, i'd be on it no. oh dude 
MySpace Revival Let's 2027. Go. Let's go. Just kidding. Uh, dude, talk to me about the journey, because I know we talked a little bit about it in private, of like, you were never really wanting to be that guy. You just kind of started posting and kind of seeing fruit from it. Um, talk to me a little bit about that journey, because I yeah. think it's beautiful. Uh, you know, like you said, I never really wanted to be that guy, especially when it came to ministry. I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to preach the gospel. Um, I was a very selfish individual. So anything that I did was really for, uh, for culture to, to build my own kingdom, to build my own brand. I was, uh, consumed with Mm. wanting to be successful based on, you know, really my achievements and accolades. And so it wasn't until, and the thing is, is I saw no success, zero success. It was like God had this governor on the algorithm and he's just like, no. And I'm like, I post with my shirt off, fitness <laughs> stuff. No, I would post minutes of motivation like David Goggins. And he's just like, no. And then I share my testimony one time because I'm just like, I'm fed up. And I'm like, I I quit. This is going to be like my last video. I'm going to share my testimony and I'm shutting all social media down. And I post it, and then it, it takes off. It's the first time that I mention God. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what I, I did share with you, the one post that I posted that was like the game changer is I was, I went to, I went to bed, I posted it, and there was, I had 200 followers. And overnight, I gained 15,000. Like, not 1,500, 15,000. So this video, it blew up. It went viral. And um, it wasn't even the, the virality of the post, it was the messages. And so I'm like working my way through mm-hmm. all of these DMs and the one that crushed me and, and pointed my life in a different direction was a man said, Andrew, your video resonated with me. Uh, I've been to prison, I've been to foster care, and I've been divorced. And that's the things that I pointed at in my video uh, and shared that I've, I've gone through. Mm-hmm. And he said, last night I was gonna take my life Um, but seeing your video basically stopped me from doing so because you were still pushing forward. And, um, it was just one of those moments where I was like, wow, a 15 second video where I didn't say a word. I just had like Lauren Daigle in the back, you know, it was just like a real emotional song and me pointing at boxes with like a tear in my eye and it made a difference. It saved a life. And so I realized the power of social mm-hmm. media and the impact that we could have for good instead of dancing, instead of cat videos. I love cat videos, by the way, but um, instead of you know <laughs> what people typically use it for, it's a vehicle for us to meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. Well, what a beautiful story of not only just faithfulness, but God using um, just something so simple of a post in... What I love is that whoever is watching this or viewing this, you can do that too. There, You absolutely have a message that needs to be heard, just like Andrew, just like myself, um, just like anybody that you see in social media. Um, it's simple. Like God uses available people and consistent people. Whether there's five views or two million, it doesn't matter. Um, Andrew, I heard this yesterday, and it was so profound. Success is just obedience. So we can measure success so many ways. We can measure it by likes. We can measure it by dollar signs, our relationship status, our verification online. But what if we just measured it by, by obedience? Like, God, yes. Whatever you have, yes. So, dude, I love that. And I know that I'm sure you get the cheesy church pastor honor all the time. But, um, dude, I just want to honor you, everything that you're doing. Um, you say, you're saving lives. It started with just a life, and it's turned into, I'm sure, thousands and thousands of lives who are encouraged, 
um, literally saved their life um, by simple obedience. So just want to honor you before we end, because you know how people honor the beginning and end. I'm like a middle guy. We're gonna slide it in and then have some fun, you know. Um, yeah. So, dude, talk to me a little bit about some of your goals mm. in the next year. I love hearing people's goals. It drives me. What are some of the things that you're like, I want to do this? You're currently, you said, yeah. writing a book. Um, maybe it's finishing that. Um, mm. Talk to me a little bit That's about good. that. good because, so I, I live by the cliche, like, that. I'm, I'm really cliche. It's just like, oh, Lord, I'm surrendered. I'm yours. Have your way with me kind of guy. Like, where, whatever door <laughs> you open, I'll yeah. go in. So sometimes it's hard for me to... Uh, really articulate what the goal is. The goal is to stay in love with my wife and nurturing our marriage. It's to, you know, stay uh, being consistent and disciplined. I mean, the goals are pretty short term, but if I had like a, everything went my way, right? The book that I'm writing, mm-hmm, right. it, it, uh, it, it transforms and impacts people's lives to the point where it becomes a New York Times bestseller. It's flying off the shelves. People are consuming mm-hmm. it, not because of the words that I speak, but because of the words of life that the Holy Spirit is imparting on people by using me as a vessel. And what that does is that mm-hmm. creates a buzz and now... I'm able to go to talk shows like Steve Harvey, Oprah, Ellen, these mainstream talk shows that are on the fringe. And I go there and I share my story and I preach the gospel on national television. And the name of Mm -hmm. Jesus is proclaimed throughout the airwaves. That would be like... Yeah. That would be awesome, man. I would I would love to get out there and yeah. people to see somebody who looks like me, right? Because I represent uh, I represent the low lifes, the rejects, the the guys from the wrong side of the tracks, those who have experienced church hurt. To see somebody like me on that kind of a stage proclaiming the name of Jesus, you know, like making making church cool again, man. Bringing all the hooligans Let's in to, to, to the church. That would be awesome. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Well, let's go. I'm believing that it's going to happen. It sounds obviously incredible. I'm excited to read a book. I love books. I'm a big reader. I try to read two wow. books a month. So, dude, uh, any and any of the viewers, uh, Andrew, where can we find you? Obviously, mm-hmm. it's probably your name. Um but yeah, tell me tell me a little bit of how we can find you. Somebody wants to be plugged in. Maybe they want you to come preach yeah. at their church, yeah. whatever uh, it is. You can find me across all social media platforms. Andrew F. Carter is the handle. And if you go to the link tree in every single one of my bios, there's a website where you can book me. You can reach out. You can be a part of our church, our online groups. Uh, we have Bible studies, men's and women's groups. We've got all kinds of resources. So um, my name, Andrew F. Carter, yeah. link tree's got all of the good stuff in there. Yeah. Let's go. Well, last two questions. One thing that I wanted to bring up before we end, um, and you kind of hinted at it before, is I think you're reaching a different demographic. And I think that's why you and I got connected so easily, is we both don't really come from the normal, like, preacher's kid, kind of started in the kids' ministry, became the youth pastor, preached every week, and then kind of made their way up. We kind of went on our Mm -hmm. own paths. Can you share in 60 seconds, a little bit about your story and how, how you met Jesus. Because I think there's a, a lot of viewers who don't even know who this Jesus guy is. And they go, well, this guy looks cool. It seems like he's winning. He's got an awesome wife. He's flourishing. Like how do, how does, how do yeah, I get that? Yeah, 60 seconds or less. Boom. 
um, born into drugs, both parents, addicts, in and out of foster care, uh, started doing drugs, smoking drugs, selling drugs, having sex at 12. Uh, the next five years filled with a life of just doing what I saw. Um, never heard the name of Jesus in the sense of what the scripture says. Never heard the gospel. Jesus was as real to me as Santa Claus of the Easter Bunny. 17, I received Jesus, but my environment didn't change. I continued to live around drugs, alcohol, so my behavior didn't quite change. 23, got into a church, started being discipled, didn't like what I heard, so I left, went on my own path, succeeded. Degrees, awards, accolades, achievements, uh, started my own business, failed my business because I got in trouble, went to prison for 18 months, didn't repent from my sin, continued to chase this world. After a year of being out of prison, I decided to go back to Christ. He completely changed, transformed, and uh, you know, made my life new. So here we are now, after mm. that whirlwind of a Cliff Notes testimony, back serving God. Yeah, amen. What a beautiful story in it. And we say this all the time in Christian space, but I don't think it's cheesy because I think it's true. But the best is yet to come for you and your wife. I, I truly believe that. In the deepest in the deepest soul and the spirit, um, the best is yet to come. The, the better days are not behind you guys. It's right in front of you. And Lexi and I are just super excited to watch it from afar and close. Proximity literally close. Yeah. Um, let's go. Let's go. Uh, well... Andrew, so I don't know if we talked about this at breakfast, but who's your NBA so, team? I was born in Portland, so I'm a Portland Trailblazer. Okay, so Damian Lillard is probably the most o- not overrated, mm. underrated point guard, I think, uh, of all time. Do yeah, yeah, he slept on big time. Dude, I, I just don't get it. I remember it was like probably five years ago, he didn't yeah. make the All-Star game. And he's averaging like 35 points a game. And it's like, this. he reminds me of the NFL. He's an NBA version of Drew Brees his whole career. Dude would throw like 500 yards passing, five touchdowns, and Mm -hmm. he'd still lose a game. It's like, I I just don't get it. So uh, I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, so there's not really a big rivalry there. So we can still be friends. Um, Are you a a college Uh, basketball guy? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have a man, specific I grew up team? In, so you, for me, what you'll find out is I'm just a hometown kid, yeah. man. Corvallis High School, so I, I support the, the Oregon State Beavers. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to work <laughs> on that one, but that's all right. Just who, who are you following? <laughs> well, so my hometown is Sioux City, Iowa, so okay. I had nothing. So keep in mind, I grew up, and the most loyal teams that I have are my basketball teams. So I'm a Duke fan and a Bulls fan. And obviously, Duke, everybody likes him, Marie hates him. Uh, I was a J.J. Reddit guy 2003 and four. People can't call me a bandwagon because I've been through it all um, from wins to wins because there's never really like a low season for Duke. So I can't, I can't, I can't do anything about it. So. Well, Andrew, um, thank you for being on. Seriously, it means a lot. Um, yeah, like everything I've said before, we honor you. We appreciate your wisdom. Um, seriously, your story is incredible. Um, and the best is yet to I come in your life. Thank you for having me. Like I said, I've been waiting. I've been. This has been on my bucket list. I was excited to get the invite. I was like, <laughs> come on, man. I've, I'm, I'm big time now. I'm 
hey, you know what? We're 28 minutes in, and if somebody is this loyal mm-hmm. watching this, that's fine. Uh, somebody messaged me yesterday and said, hey, when can I be on your podcast? And I loved mm-hmm. the hunger. It was just like a straight shooter. Hey, I need to be on your podcast. I was like, this guy's got a story to tell the world, apparently. So I'm here for it. Uh, Thanks for being on, man.